Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Josie Kerrigan. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that God has called you to do. Good morning. I am so glad you guys are here. Are you ready to get into the Word today? Yes. I am. I'm so excited about what I'm about to share with y'all. And um, I'm actually going to start by telling you a story. Many of you guys know that we went away for our anniversary um, two weeks ago, was it now? Yeah, two weeks ago. And Brad knows I'm telling this story, so I have permission. But yeah, he, he was on a words fast, right? So it was an interesting anniversary trip because we couldn't talk to each other. So there was a lot of loving gazing into each other's eyes over dinner, if you know what I mean. And then there was like, I would say something and then he'd text me back. So it was interesting, but it was a great trip, except we got a little frustrated with each other. I don't know if y'all know this, but we're not perfect. And so we were having this argument without him talking and <laughs> I felt, you know, that's sad because I could talk. So anyway, um, but I just was like, oh, this is so frustrating. And I was trying to have compassion on him because he can't talk. So I, I found it in my heart to be like, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger person. And so in the elevator on the way down to the lobby, because we were leaving the hotel, I like reached out my hand. So I was like, I'm going to be like him. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to reach out and like as a gesture. And he like pulled his hand away. <laughs> and that was like the biggest insult he could do because he can't talk. So he just like pulled his hands away. And I was like, in all of our marriage, we have never not held hands. Like, we've never been that bad. So I was like, this is bad. And then we came out in the parking lot, and he went to open my door. And I was like, if you want to hold my hand, do not open my door. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he opened it anyway. And so guess what I did? I slammed it shut. And I, <laughs> and I opened it my own self and got in and sat down. And he was like, he texted furiously. He's like, why won't you let me open the door? And I was like, because if you won't hold my hand, then opening the door with that same hand, it's like not loving. It's an insult. Like, that's just, that's not from your heart. That's just like, that's just rude. And so I sat down in the car and then, what is it that says in the word? Like, I came to myself, right? So I'm sitting there and I was like, you know, and it was like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me right then. That is, I felt like, how it must feel to Jesus when we pay lip service, but it doesn't come from the heart. When we will come through the door, if you will, on a Sunday morning, maybe you're even on the welcome team and you open the door, but you won't like hold his hand throughout the week. When our hearts are far from him, but we still do the right thing. And I'm like, oh, in the elevator, you wouldn't hold my hand, but here with the whole parking lot, you're gonna be the polite husband and open the door. I don't think so. Don't you think that that just hurts God's heart? To me, I'm like, that is insulting. And I'm like, God, I am so sorry for the times when I have paid lip service. Matthew 15, 8, it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It talks about in Isaiah 58 about people who were fasting and putting on this big show about serving God by you know, being so self-sacrificing, but at the same time, they were abusing people, they were angry, they were quarreling, and God's like, I could care less if you're fasting, get your heart right. 
So I want to talk about that this morning. What does it really look like to practice our Christianity where it's not just lip service, where we honor God truly with our hearts, where we build our lives on the right foundation throughout the whole week? And that moment with Brad and I, and don't worry, five minutes later we kissed and made up. It's all good. But yes, that moment with Brad and I, I was like, wow. I understood a little bit how God must feel sometimes. And I want to look at a story that talks about practicing Christianity. And you know, because you're not a coffee drinker because you drank coffee once. How many of you guys, can, do you have any coffee drinkers in here? Yes, yes, I am a coffee drinker. Like I don't just drink coffee once a year at Christmas or when I visit mom and dad's house. I drink coffee every day, twice a day, sometimes more than twice a day. Um, Tyler, he drinks coffee like 11 times a day. There are varying degrees of coffee drinkers. But you're not just a coffee drinker because you drank coffee once. And sometimes I think we treat our Christianity like that, like I'm a Christian because I said yes to Jesus once. And that's lip service. It's a great start. It's the first step. But then, just like drinking coffee, we've got to keep drinking it every day. We can't just drink it the one time, right? So we're going to look at a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, if you have your Bible, you can go there with me. And if not, it's going to be on the screen behind me. In Matthew 7, verse 24, Jesus said this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Hard times came, COVID came, the economy crashed, disappointment, heartache, sickness, but yet the house did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. I'm not calling you foolish, Jesus did, if you don't put it into practice. <laughs> Who built, don't get mad at me, this is just the Bible, okay? He built his house on the sand and the rain came, the streams rose and the winds blew, strife hit, division came, the economy crashed and beat against that house and it felt, fell with a big crash. What was the difference between the two? They both heard the word, but the wise man put the word into practice, put it into practice, was the only thing that made the difference between building your life on sand or building it on the rock, on a firm foundation. Now Jesus is not talking about building a house. He's talking about building your life. He's talking about building your life and he's using one example saying that one man was foolish and the other one he says was wise and he uses him as an example of how to build a solid life that's going to withstand anything that life throws at us. I have a couple of people that are going to come help me demonstrate building a life this morning. If Josh Martinez could come out, if Brent could come out. Okay, come on out here. This is Brent. <laughs> this is Josh Martinez. Come on, give it up. So Josh, you're going to sit on this middle chair, and this is Brent. Brent has here a blueprint. He's got, I think it's for this very building. How many of y'all are grateful that we follow the blueprints for this building? It's a good thing, right? So he is the architect for this purpose, for this story. He is the architect of life. And here's Josh. He is a builder. He's got his tool belt, he's got his tools, and he is a master builder. He is building a house or for this, yes. And can I tell you something? So for this illustration, he is building his life. 
And his success as a builder is how many of y'all know that he can't just build whatever he wants? If he's tasked with building a house, his success as a builder is tied to following the blueprints of the architect. He has to look at what the architects planned, what the architects, the wisdom of the architect, the intentions of the architect in order to build a house that looks like what the plans that were made for it is going to look like. He can't just build whatever he wants. And I'll say it again, his success is attached to following the plans of the architect. You guys know um, Joshua 1.8. I think many of us have read it before. I'm going to read it for you because it applies in this occasion. So when it comes to keeping the plans in mind, Joshua 1.8, God says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Keep the architect's plan always on your mind. It says, meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Be careful to put it into practice is basically what he's saying, just like the parable Jesus told, so that everything can be according to plan. Is it so that the architect will feel good about himself? No. In Joshua it says, then you will be prosperous and successful. God is saying, pay close attention to this. Be careful to meditate on this. Keep it on your lips and do what it says. Put it into practice so that your house can stand, so that you will be prosperous and successful. I heard a story about a wealthy man who was an architect. It just so happens. And he was friends with this builder. And he came to the builder and he said, look, I want to build a house. I'm going to give you $500,000, and here are the blueprints of what I want you to build me. And the builder took the money, and he's like, this is a lot of money. I bet I could do this a little bit cheaper, and then I can pocket some of this money. I can make more for myself. So he bought a lesser plot of land. He hired cheap labor, and he bought the cheapest materials he could find. He smacked the thing together, and then he gave the keys to the architect. He showed him. He's like, here's your house. What do you think? And he gave him the keys, and the architect said, wow. It looks so good, because it looks good. Only the builder knew that he had cut corners, that it wasn't going to last forever, that the windows were cheap and going to start fog up and all that stuff. And then the architect said, here are the keys. I made this house for you. And the builder's like, oh no, oh no. And I want you to pay close attention to this this morning. It just struck me. The architect had a plan, and he had a good plan in mind. The Bible says that God has good plans for us, right? But who builds the house? Does the architect build the house? No, the builder builds the house. And again, the success of the builder and the, how long the house is going to last is up to how he builds it. Who builds our life? Does God build our life? No. God has the plan for our life. He gives us the blueprints for our life. But listen, you build your life. You are the builder in this story. Sometimes as Christians, we have to be careful that we don't push across the table and blame God for how we've built our life. And we don't take responsibility for the things that we are responsible to do. Like Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you. He made plans for your life. They're right in here. It's plans to prosper you, not to harm you, for a future and a hope. So God is an architect. He has a plan, but we're the builder. And if we cut corners, if we hang around with people we're not meant to hang around with, if we just spend all our time on social media and complaining and this and that, and our life doesn't turn out very good, it's not God's fault. The plan is good, but we build our lives 
And so we need to put into practice the word of, the God, of God, the words that we hear on a Sunday morning, the words that you read in your quiet times. We have to put it into practice. You know, you're not a guitarist because you pick up a guitar. I wish, because I really want to play the guitar. And I've tried a few times, and you know, by the time my fingers get sore, I'm like, nah, forget it. Somebody else can play the guitar. <laughs> and so, you know, but you have to keep practicing and practicing and practicing until you can play the guitar. As Christians, we have to practice Christianity. We can't just say yes to Jesus. You know what happens when you say yes to Jesus and you give your life to the Lord and you make a decision and just like we saw this morning, you're baptized. That's like receiving the blueprints. God's like, here you go. You said yes to me, I'm gonna give you the blueprints and the plans that I have for you to prosper you for your future. Here you go. And then we receive them and we hold them and we're like, I have a birth, you know, a, a certificate of baptism. I'm going to put it on my wall and that's all we do with them sometimes. But God is saying, no, now you need to build. Now's the time to build and start building according to the plan. So that's the first step. So I just want to go through these points. God doesn't build your life. You do. God is the architect. You're the builder. And practicing Christianity, you know, when you say practice, that just kind of goes by implication that you're not, you're not perfect. That's why you have to practice. Like musicians practice to become better. Doctors practice medicine. Lawyers practice law. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It just means they're practicing what they were made to do, what they do for a living. We are made to build our lives according to the blueprint, so we have to practice. And again, we can't just push it over across the table and hold God responsible for how we build our life because the blueprints are good. And not only that, God has equipped us. Hold up your tools there, Josh. He has given us the tools that we need to build our lives. It says in 2 Peter, I don't know why people laugh at you when you're holding up tools. He's very handy. <laughs> he is so good with those. 2 Peter 1.3 says this, so whether Josh can use these tools or not, God says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need, everything we need to live a godly life. When did we receive all these things? It says we received all of this by coming to know him. We were equipped when we said yes to Jesus, God said, good, here are the plans. I've given you everything you need in order to build your life well. And how do we do it? By putting our faith into practice. Like what does it look like to live a Christian life? That we're not just paying lip service on a Sunday morning and then go home and the rest of the week, we live just like everybody else. Because then I tell you something, and this is why I really wanted to talk about this this morning, is this world presents us with a blueprint for our lives that looks very different than God's blueprint. And it's so easy to just go with the flow of society and of what everybody expects of us and just build our lives, just let it happen according to how the rest of the world builds their life. But God said, that story about Jesus is that the wise men put the word of God into practice. That means, what does that mean? You know, if, if a musician is a musician because they play and practice their instrument, what does it look like for a Christian to practice our faith? It means that we discern what mindset in this world are according to the word of God and which ones are not. 
And it means that we take the time to pray, that we take the time to read the Bible, that we belong to a U group because we're in community, that we're planted in the house of God so that we can grow. It means that we forgive. It means that we don't stay stuck in hurt, but instead, Jesus paid for our healing, so we go through a healing process and we don't hold on to it. It means that we study his word. It means that we love others and honor others. It means that we care if the gospel goes around the world. You know, just your regular non-Christian person doesn't care if missionaries go out on the mission field. As Christians, that's part of the practice of our faith is that we care if the gospel is spread. As Christians that are practicing our faith, we're meant to share our faith with others. That's how you know if you're practicing Christian because the word of God says, and if we're to put it into practice, that we should tell people about Jesus. If you worship God more than just on Sunday morning, that's putting into practice what this word says for us to do, and that is how we build our lives well. You don't think like the world. You know, the name of our church is Uncommon, right? So can I just tell you, you're meant to be uncommon. You come to a church called Uncommon, so I don't think that's a surprise. But in the Old Testament, you know, when they had the temple or the tabernacle, if you look at it, there were certain things, certain objects that were used in the temple. Like, let's say they needed two forks in the temple. I don't know if they used forks in the temple, but let's say they did. So the priests were like, I need two forks. And the silversmith was like, here is a hundred forks. Which ones do you want for the temple? The priest would take two forks and he would set them aside. They were now set apart and they were called holy. Holy just meant that they were not common like all the other forks. They were uncommon forks just because they had been set apart. And guess what? Those two holy or uncommon forks were not allowed to be used like all the other forks. There were special ways about how they were to be handled and how they were to be cleaned and what they were to be used for and they had to be kept in the temple because they were uncommon. You are uncommon and you're not meant to look like all the other forks. You're meant to be different. Your life is meant to be putting this into practice, even if other people think you're crazy. Everything in your life, your relationships, your parenting, your finances, your sexuality, all of it changes when you say yes to Jesus. If you practice Christianity, it affects every part of your life. It says that in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. It's every single thing you do. Every single part of your life, God wants you to invite him into. Every single part. When we practice Christianity, we build according to his blueprint. And can I just say this too? That practicing Christianity is different than having knowledge about Christianity. Because both of the people that were building their house heard the word, right? And in this information age that we live in, it's easy to have knowledge about stuff, but it's not actually going to help you unless you do it. Like if my washer is broken and I YouTube and I find out like how to fix the washer, I can watch and I'll be like, oh, okay, but how many of y'all know that my washer is still going to be broken unless I put it into practice and get some tools and actually fix it? Like you can know the best way to diet, you can know the best way to work out, you can read about the best place to travel on Pinterest or whatever, but unless you actually do it, you're, it's, it's, it's just knowledge. It's not going to build your life, it's not going to change your life, it's not going to impact your life. Knowledge does not transform you, action does. Our choices and our actions, what we put into practice, 
is what builds our lives. So knowledge is great, but we have to put it into practice. Becoming a Christian, practicing Christian, means that we habitually, do you know that 40% of what you do every day is out of habit? Like we think we're making all these choices every day, but really we're just creatures of habit. And so when God begins to transform our lives, we have to change our habits. The Bible says that that happens by transforming the way we think. A little plug for our you groups in the fall. Go through the transforming your mind you group so that you can begin to change what you do, what you put into practice by changing the way you think. Because the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I'm not saying this to shame anybody if you're not putting your Christianity practice into practice. I'm saying it because I want to teach you. I want to lead you. I want to show you that there's a better way, that there's more to it than what you've been doing. And some of you guys, you have lived for God a long time. And you have followed the blueprint. And your life is a house that is built on the rock. And it is sturdy. And you've been through some things with God. And he has seen you through. And you can say like David did in Psalms that I was young, but now I'm old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken. My house is built on a rock. And it doesn't matter what storm came, I'm still here. And if that's you this morning, I want to talk to you for a minute because you're a builder who builds well and you follow the blueprints. But there's somebody else. There's another stool right here. And we're going to talk about for a second. Jackson, if you would come on up here. Here, take the stairs, bud. <laughs> this is Jackson. For those of you that don't know him, he is Pastor Josh's son. And he is going to be, give it up. I want you to sit right there on that stool. He is the apprentice. So we have an architect, we have a builder, and we have an apprentice. The apprentice is watching everything the builder's doing. You might not have your own kids, but there are people in this church, there are apprentices in this church and in your U group and in your lives and maybe at your workplace that are watching everything that you're doing and they're checking out how you're building things. And is that house going to last? Is that going to stand up? And can I tell you what you're building is not just for your own self, it's for the apprentice. The apprentice gets his own tools. He doesn't get the tool belt yet, but he gets a couple of tools there. And he's going to start learning how to use them. Because one day, he's going to have to build his own house. Right now, Jackson lives at home with mom and dad. And do they feed you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> So this guy right here, he gets to eat from his mom and dad's refrigerator. They buy his clothes, they buy his shoes, as they should. But they would be doing him a disservice if one day he didn't get to move out. One day he's going to get to have his own refrigerator. He's going to have to buy his own shoes. He's going to have to build his own life. The builder won't be the main builder in his life forever. Right now, Josh is building his house for Jackson to be in, but one day Jackson has to build his own house. He's the apprentice, but he will become the builder. And so how you build your house matters to your children and to your children's children. And the builder is going to introduce the apprentice to the architect. And it's going to show him, he's going to say, hey, let me teach you. When I learned about these blueprints, let me show you. Just put your hand on his shoulder a little bit. Introduce him to the architect and be like, here's my friend, the architect. <laughs> He's going to tell Jackson, listen, you can trust the architect. He's going to tell you, 
put your faith in God. No matter what else happens, you can put your faith in God and you're going to be okay. He's going to tell him, love and honor people. Everybody is made in the image of God, but choose your friends wisely. Learn how to manage your finances and be generous and give to God. He's going to teach him. He's going to tell him everything that he knows of how to build a life, how to build a life according to this plan. And I want you guys to get this because we've been talking about the next generation so much lately, but it's because it's, be, it's on the heart of God. And the world is giving them a blueprint that looks very, very different than the architect's blueprint. And so as a parent or as older people in our church, we have to tell the apprentice, listen, don't allow people on social media who do not know, who do not know the architect and do not care about your life to tell you how to build your life. Come on. Teachers and the media and people that are speaking to you that, that don't align with this blueprint, it's going to be a house built on sand. And we're not saying that to be mean or to give them rules to follow. It's because we want this apprentice to build a house that's going to last and that's going to be strong for his kids one day. Are you following me? And here's what's going to happen. I want this to be really real. Can you take the, the tool belt off? One day... This builder, I want you to do this because you're his dad. One day this builder's not going to be here. This builder won't be here. You don't have to put it on, but just give it to him. You can hold it, Jackson, and come sit on this chair. There comes a day when the apprentice becomes the builder, becomes the builder, becomes the builder, becomes the builder. This is the future of the church family and the next generation is the future of the church and if as builders that are sitting in this chair temporarily if we don't introduce them to the architect directly and they can have their own communication with the architect and they can learn to understand and read a blueprint their life is not going to be built on the rock it's going to be built on sand you guys can be done thank you so much can you give it up for them this morning We have to care so much about how we build our lives, not just because we don't want our life to be washed away, but if we don't have a sturdy house to show the next generation how to build, there won't be a church of tomorrow. And if we're going to build our lives on the rock, we have to put this into practice. We have to hold God's hand and open the door. <laughs> we have to do when no one's looking, and we have to do in the church. We have to meet in the homes. We have to have Christian friends. We have to share our faith. We have to figure out what it looks like to live a Christian life. Just like an athlete, they have to practice every day. I am not an athlete. And if I were to pick up a football, it would not make me a football player. You have to learn and then practice when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. It becomes habit. It's just part of who you are. I'm going to practice every day and that's that. We have to be Christians that recognize, I'm just going to give these points to you one more time, that God is the architect. Who are you? You are the builder. Say, I'm the builder. 
And here's the question, who builds your life? God doesn't build your life, you do. Say, I build my life. I have everything I need to build my life according to God's plan. You're equipped. This book right here has given you everything you need. We just have to open it and put it into practice. Would you hop up on your feet with me? So God's the architect, you're the builder. God doesn't build our lives, we do. And there's an apprentice that's always watching. So be careful how you build. Be mindful how you build. Because you are being an example. And I just want to declare over you today as a church family that we're going to build well, that we're going to be Christians that practice Christianity, that don't just hold the blueprint in our hand. We're going to build, and we're going to build well, and we're going to build strong. And it doesn't matter what the world says. If they think we're crazy for building a certain way, we're still going to do it. And we're going to allow God to permeate every single part and aspect of our lives, not just the ones that make us comfortable, the ones that make us uncomfortable, where we have to be self-disciplined. And when we have to go against the grain, we're going to build well, and we're going to raise up the next generation of apprentices to know the architect and they're going to build well long after we're gone and you're going to leave a legacy in the church of God whether you're a parent or not in the house of God you're going to leave a legacy of raising up kingdom builders in this house amen that's what we're all about at Uncommon Church we're going to do it God equipped us to do it so we're not going to waste our moment we're going to build and we're going to build in a way that honors God who has a plan for our lives I want you to just close your eyes. And usually at this moment, we take a second and just make sure that we introduce people to the architect, to God who has a plan for their life. But before we do that this morning, I just want to pray or have a moment for everybody in this room that has received the blueprints already, but you feel like there's some areas where you haven't been putting it into practice, that you've had knowledge, but you haven't been doing. And this is just between you and God. But I want you to make a decision. If you're going to be a part of this church, we know God, we grow strong, and we do what God's called us to do. That doesn't just mean serving on a team. Doing means putting into practice. When nobody looking around, I'm going to pray a blanket prayer, and I hope that everybody's hand is raised, mine will be, but I want you to raise your hand if you want to be a practicing Christian that puts into practice these blueprints that God has given us. Father God, I thank you for every hand that's raised in this house. And Lord, I ask that you would point out to us if there is a porch that needed to be built that we haven't built yet, if there is a room that needs to be sheetrocked that we haven't sheetrocked yet, I pray that you would speak to us about how we build our lives, that we would build according to the blueprint, and we would be practicing Christians. We commit to you in this moment, in this moment that we will not just have knowledge, but we would do what you've asked of us to do. And right now, if there's something in your life that you know you need to change, something you need to demolish, something you need to add, something that maybe you've been ashamed of to go public with, right now, just tell God, okay, in this moment, no more. I'm going to start practicing my Christianity at work or at school or whatever that looks like for you. 
because we're not playing games. We're in it because we love you, Jesus. Because we know that you have good plans for us, for a future and a hope. And we plan to build our lives on the rock. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, while every head is bowed and every eye is still closed, if there's anybody in this room that you have not yet said yes to Jesus in your life, you have not yet said yes to the architect, to God's plan for your life, and you're living life your own way, you're living however you want to live it, you're building your life however you want to build it, I don't want you to just add Jesus to your life this morning, but I will give you a moment to surrender your whole life to him. And he has good plans for you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to give you a future filled with hope. And if you want to be introduced to him this morning, if you want to say yes to him, I want to pray for you. And if you're watching online, same thing. If you want to say yes to Jesus this morning, this is your moment. I'm going to pray in just a second. It's going to be your moment to transform your whole life and start building differently. So if that's you, if you're in this room, I just want to know who I'm praying for. Everybody's eyes are closed and their heads are bowed. Just raise up your hand so I know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I do believe you have to take a stand for Jesus. And you have to say yes to him. There is a moment when we say yes. When we say yes to Jesus, I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. And if there's anybody watching online, you can raise your hand right in your room. I don't know where you're at, but God sees you. God sees you. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And it's saying yes to Jesus and surrendering your heart to him. Let's all pray together. Say, dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I want to build my life after your blueprint. Forgive me of my sin. I turn away from my old life. And from this day forward, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, you raise your hand in this moment. You went from death to life. You were handed a new set of blueprints. And God wants you to live your life according to the blueprint. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.